Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. That would be brilliant. It is great to see lots of faces with us this morning. And I just want to ask you, in this comeback rebuilding stage, it almost feels, I was just thinking beforehand, that just those words of Nehemiah, let us rebuild the wall, just came back to me. And it just feels like in this moment, that it's a time for rebuilding, isn't it? I don't know if you saw my, um, my weekly message that I sent out to the campus this week. If you didn't get that, then sign up to our um, uh, fill in a connect card and you'll get the weekly news into your inbox. But I, I was just imagining and seeing again what God is going to do. Can you remember, just think back for a second, back to uh, just before this time, last February 2020, 150 people in here worshipping God, shouting, singing, people getting impacted by the presence of God, new people getting saved week in, week out. This is what we were seeing. Guys, I want to tell you it's coming again. And not only that, even more than that, God has got more in store for here. God has got more in store for your life. And I don't know what the enemy has been trying to say to you in this last period, but I'm here to tell you today that God has got a plan for your life. It's a plan for hope. It's a plan of love. It's a plan of future in Him. And we're in this series called Presence. Comes on the back of our word for the year, which um, our our lead pastor Christian outlined to us last week and at first Tuesday, if you were there. But I think Julie will agree with me because Julie sits on the SLT. It's great to have her with us today, our executive pastor. But um, I don't think there's been a word where there's been more alignment than this one. Across our SLT, when Christian began to tell us as campus pastors that this was going to be the word of the year when he spoke to me about it, I don't think there's been more alignment over a word than this one. We were all feeling it in some way that we were all drawing near to God's presence. I don't know about you, but I have had to come to God in his presence and come, come to him in a different way to, to uh, I've ever come to him before. Is my everything truly is my daily bread to get me through. Has anyone else had that kind of experience over the last year or so? And you know that place might feel like a place of weakness, but didn't the Apostle Paul say, when I am weak, then I am strong. See, when we empty ourselves of everything apart from God, then I don't think there's a stronger place we can be in. We want to live and be in his presence. So God, this morning... We know you're here. You are ever present. You are with us. We welcome you here today. We turn our attention towards you. And we ask you to come and move in a way that only you can do, God. Amen. Today I want to talk about being a presence carrier. Being a presence carrier. Let's have a look at Exodus 33, 14. And it says this, famous words in the Bible. The Lord replied to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is at a time in Moses' ministry where he could have been, uh, Moses' ministry, Moses' life, where he, he was probably most at unrest. He was most fearful. He was most scared. If you think about Joshua as well, Moses' protege, Joshua had the same words said to him again at his biggest time of stretching. His scariest time in his life, 
Take courage for I am with you. This is what it is to be a presence carrier. Not that I'm going to go with confidence because I can do it on my own strength. I think a lot of us have realised the um, fragility of our own strength in this last year. The fragility of what it maybe means to to have things or, or maybe not have things. We're not going in the fragility of our strength. We're going in the power of God's strength. His presence makes all the difference. Now, I have not got a, um, you know, a, a, an impressive football career, but I have got a football career. I've never been paid to play football. I actually paid to play football. Uh, I had to pay, I had to pay to play. You know, you must be pretty bad if you have to pay yourself. But um, I played for Arena FC uh, in the church, Derby Church League for my entire adult life. I think I started playing in that league when I was 15 years old and I was this uh, mouthy kid who, uh, you know, came and probably wasn't scared of, of anyone, even though probably I should have been. And um, throughout my years, I played in centre midfield and I had what you, what you would call a combative midfielder. So I'd be the guy doing the dirty work. I'd be cleaning. I'd be cleaning up. I'd be making the tackles. I'd be shouting my mouth off. That, that probably surprises you all here today, knowing the, the, the lovely, uh, you know, quiet man I am. But... Through this time, I had multiple centre midfield partnerships. And one of those partnerships, it was a dalliance. It was only probably six or seven weeks because this guy really shouldn't have played in centre midfield. But he was with a guy called Keith. Now, Keith is quite a few years older than me. He grew up in the village where I lived. And Keith is a guy that you don't want to mess around with. You know, if you say you don't want to see someone in a dark alley, it would be Keith. Like, I, I, you won't want to see Keith. But the great thing is this, Keith was my friend. <laughs> and, and Keith was on my side. And I tell you what, even though, you know, I, I, I liked the heat of the battle, when I had Keith next to me, I want to tell you, my chat was a little bit more. My swagger was a little bit, you know, a little bit slower. You know how it is. If there was a problem, I knew that, Keith would be there to back me up. Not only would he be there to back me up, he'd probably be the one that's already there. See, because of Keith's presence, I gained confidence. And this is a small analogy of what it means to walk in God's presence. We can walk with a boldness. We can walk with courage. We can walk with peace because God is with us. Doesn't the Bible say if God is with us, then who can be against us? And when we're faced with fear and scary times and scary situations, the best thing we can do is to remind ourselves that He is with us. God said to Joshua, He said, don't be scared because I go before you. So not only is God with us, but He actually goes before us. Think about the Ark of the Covenant covenant which was the presence of God manifest on earth Uh, in that day in the old testament the presence went before the people of God his presence makes the difference as we've spoken about the presence Phil Pye our teaching pastor felt he had a word from God and a quote from that that word is this that my presence among you will not be weird, but it might on occasions be unusual. Because we've seen things 
and people who've been around church and especially around um, you know, the, the, the Pentecostal church movement, we've probably seen some weird things at times where people have tried to manufacture the presence of God. I want to tell you, you can't manufacture God's presence. And if God wants to show up in unusual ways and heal people and set people free, we're believing for that more than ever before then God, you are welcome to come and do whatever you want to do. But what we're not going to do at Arena Church is try and manufacture his presence. And when we talk about being a presence carrier, we're not talking about physically carrying something. We're talking about the way in which we walk. Who goes with us? What's our mentality like when we're going? I don't know about you, but we all know those people within our lives who are negative, who are cynical, who like to bring down people in the office because you don't choose who you work with most of the time. You know, people in the office, that, that person who's always wanting to bring someone down or always wanting to gossip or always wanting to be cynical, they're carrying an attitude of negativity or, or cynicism or, or gossip, whatever it may be, that famous leadership Speaker, he said, everything about you says something about you. That's so true, isn't it? I've seen that on Zoom. <laughs> like people who normally look great in person on Zoom, they feel like they could just zip back and like, you know. And we've all done it. I'm guilty of it. I thought, I checked myself with it the other day when I saw myself on the video. I thought, would I do this if I was in person? I thought, probably, probably not. But everything about you says something about you. I want to ask you today, what are you known for? Are you known for carrying God's presence in your life, in your home, in business, in church? Or are you known for some other things? Maybe being mean-spirited or selfish or, or spiteful. Maybe you carry a black cloud of negativity. Maybe you're known as being angry or disruptive, aggressive, cynical. What are you known for? And at times, and I think this is no more pertinent than in this season, that as people have filled their minds with certain things, they have become who they didn't want to be. You know, we have to be so careful of what goes into the eye gate and the ear gate. The Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flow all things. And I want to tell you, guard your, you need to guard your heart from those things that you're watching on TV. Guard your heart from those things that you're listening to. Guard your heart from those websites that might have some stuff on that's not too helpful. Guard your heart. Guard your heart at all costs. For from it, flow life. But when we talk <clears throat> about being a presence carrier, we're speaking of carrying the marks and the nature of Jesus himself. I don't know about you, but that's the way I want to live. That's the way I want to walk. I want to walk like Jesus walked. There's that famous Kanye West song, isn't there? Jesus walks, God, show me the way. God, show me the way. I don't know about you, but that's the way I want to live my life with a posture that says, God, show me your way. Show me how you want me to live in this situation. Show me how you want me to walk in this situation. I think we get it so wrong at times that we limit our encounter with God to 10 minutes in the morning or half an hour in the morning. Or even if you dedicate the first four hours of your day to God and then you walk into your day and forget about Him, that's not how God ordained it. He wants you to live 
in His presence. What does that Bible verse say? In Him, we live and move and have our being. Who wants to live like that? In Him, we live and we move and we have our being. I think a lot of the answers to the problems that we face are found in the outworking of His presence in our day-to-day lives. Jesus was marked by love and by compassion, by strength, by boldness and courage. Galatians, when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it says, walk in step with the Spirit. What's that talking about? It's talking about presence. The fruit of the Spirit is joy, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, forbearance, and self-control. I don't know about you, but I think there'll be all an area there that we're maybe a little bit weak on. But as we walk in step with the Spirit, He adds these things to our lives. See, the presence, it sets us apart. His presence makes us different. Are you tired? Are you fed up? Are you stressed out by your life and the world that we live in? I get it. It's never been easier to be in that mindset. But the answer today is Jesus and his presence. And and, and I completely believe in doing the best we can in in getting fit, in, in, in reading, in learning. There's probably not many people who do more of that stuff than I do. But I want to tell you, that's not the answer. The answer is Jesus. In God's presence, very quickly, we know three things. Psalm 16, verse 11, it says this. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Who who wants that? Pleasures forevermore. Come on, it's okay to believe for that stuff. This is in the Bible. I think sometimes we feel that it's not okay to believe for that. Now, what the Bible is not saying is, in your presence is the Ferrari. <laughs> in, the, in your presence is the Lamborghini. In your presence is, is the seven-bedroom mansion. Me and Helen, we drove down the avenue in Berry Hill yesterday. And I tell you, in his presence, there's some seven-bedroom houses over there. That's for sure. That's not what God's saying. That's not what the Bible's saying. I want to tell you, pleasures forevermore is far bigger than that because the house can be taken away, the car, you can crash it. You can lose your clothes, you can lose your looks, you can lose everything that is material on this earth, but what you cannot lose if you choose to position yourself in it is his presence. Joy forevermore. Come on, we need some joy, don't we? Fullness of joy. I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been intentional in these last few months about laughing. You know, because when, when you're not together, it, you forget to laugh, don't you? when we're not in each other's presence, when we're not around people, you forget to laugh and you forget to be joyful. And that's not good for us. Come on, in his presence, there is joy. Psalm 89, 15, number two. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence. That word light there, it talks about revelation, about understanding. And in these times that we live in, I have prayed this prayer so many times, God, show me what your right way is. There's so much information out there, isn't there? You know, is Boris making the right decision or the wrong decision? Is, is this right? Is this wrong? What should I do here or, or there? And it can be really easy to, to go into confusion. But in his presence, 
there's light. In his presence, there is understanding. And just as a side note, I don't want to condemn or criticise Boris Johnson because his job is very, very hard. What I am going to do is I'm going to pray for him. Number three, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me. Basically saying, experience my presence. Sit in my presence. All of you who are struggling and burdened, and I will give you rest. In his presence, there's rest. I find it so interesting that in a time where people have never had more time, that there's less rest than ever before. People aren't restful, they're restless. And maybe you've experienced that. I want to tell you today that in his presence, there is rest. See, when we walk in the presence of God, the exterior doesn't drive the interior. Basically, what I'm saying is this. When we walk in God's presence, it doesn't really matter as much what happens on the outside because we have something on the inside that dictates the way we're going to live anyway. That's the way that God ordained it, that we would have such a peace, that we would be so centred in Him, that we would be so grounded in Him, that we would be able to function in any and every season. Two Bible verses to throw at you from that. Think about the Apostle Paul when he says, I have learned to be content in every season. I found that so helpful. Because at the start of the year, I wasn't content in the season. And I listened to it. I have learned. That gave me hope. I don't know about you. I have learned to be content in every season. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The other one, talking about building on sand or building on rock. What's Jesus saying? The wind and the waves that are represented in this story, in this parable, they are representing the exterior things of life. But when we're built on the rock, the house stands. It might be scary, the wind might howl, the waves might crash against us, but we can be firm knowing that he is God. Let's look at Philippians 2, because I want to look at the ultimate presence carrier, of course. His name is Jesus. Verse three says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now, just let me just press the pause button there because these verses are describing the makings and the markings of a presence carrier to not be selfish to not, to not try to, to impress people and show off. And I, I've, I've learned this now that when people really want to lead with telling me about how great they are and what they've done and what they have, I've learned that actually that's not confidence, that that's probably a lack of confidence. This is not what we're talking about. But what are they? They are humble. They consider others and they look for the interests of others. We need people with this kind of confidence who aren't going to lord it over people and look down on people, but actually are going to stoop down and lift others up. That's true confidence. That's what it is to be a presence carrier. Let's go on to verse five. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, 
He gave up his divine privilege, privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled, him, <coughs> humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal death on the cross. See, if there was anybody who could come to earth and could walk with a swagger, who could lord it over others, it would have been Jesus. I mean, he was God. Like, he was fully man and fully God. If there was anyone who could, could have come and got people to serve him and, and, and tried to rule the world, it would have been Jesus. I mean, that's what the Jewish people are actually looking for, someone to do that. But Jesus says, I'm not going to lord it over you. I'm not going to put you down. I'm going to stoop down and I'm going to lift you up. That is who Jesus is. So if that can be Jesus, the, the, the God we serve, the creator of heaven and earth, then surely you and me can stoop down and be humble and consider others more than ourselves. I saw the most stupid, stupidest Instagram um, uh, story thing uh, post <laughs> at the start of the year. And someone put, <laughs> if 2020 has taught me anything, is that I need to put myself first. I thought, you are in for trouble. You're in for big, big trouble if that's the way you live. You know, one of the biggest issues I think that there's so many mental health issues right now is because people are so wrapped up in their own world, they can't stop thinking about themselves. And, I, and I'm not saying that I'm, um, you know, uh, immune to that either because we've been so wrapped up in our own world, so consumed in our own world. You know, it's scientifically proven that the Word of God is true, that as you put others first, as you think about others more than yourself, then actually God begins to free your mind. That's not the way to live. We are called to put others first. See, the Son of Man was moulded by the presence of God. He was marked by the presence of God and he moved by the presence of God. You say, yeah, but it was easy for Jesus, Josh. No, no, Jesus was fully man and fully God. How crazy is it? Just think about this, that when John the Baptist saw Jesus, Jesus walked, walked up to him and Jesus says, John, I, I need you to baptise me. How crazy is that? That the son of man, like, like God himself would say to a man, you need to baptise me. Essentially, you need to confirm me. That's crazy. But God is showing, Jesus is showing here. He was fully man and fully God. He, knew everything, he knows everything that we can go through because he went through it himself. This is the reflection of a presence carrier. See, we're called to go into our world and make a difference. We're called to carry God's presence into our world. Going back to the football club and what the football team used to do is they used to have these nights out and I was probably one of three Christians in the team, even though it was a church team. These were just normal guys, ordinary guys. Some of you may know some of them. And what they like to do at the end of the year is go out on a, a night out, like, you know, nightclub, a dinner, and then nightclub and all this kind of stuff. And it's never been anything, uh, anything that I've liked to do. If, if anyone knows me, you will know that is the case. But I chose to go out on those nights because I wanted to be an influence. Now, just a quick caveat here. People have said to me at times, yeah, Josh, I'm going into the nightclub and 
being in it, you know, because I want to be an influence. And then you see like Instagram and they're like there with seven things of Jägermeister in front of them and <laughs> all that. You need to assess. Sometimes you need to separate yourself for a season so you can be influential in another season. And if you can't go and be the influencer and you're going to be influenced, then you need to separate yourself for some time. I just wanted to clarify that. But thank God that I was able to go into this situation and be an influence. And this one night we'd had dinner, we'd, we were at this, this nightclub and to be honest, I was bored out of my brain, but it was fine. And uh, I was there with the lads talking and all that kind of thing. They were, they'd had quite a few drinks. And we're in this nightclub and this girl comes up to me and what you need to know about the guys is they might have had girlfriends and stuff, but they, uh, on nights out, you know, maybe they were, <laughs> they were a bit looser with, with what they, they did. And uh, this girl comes up to me and me and Helen were married at the time. And just, I was just with all the guys and I just pointed, it was loud, I just pointed to my wedding ring and, and then this girl, you know, sort of went, went away. One of the sort of the, the leaders of the team, one of the biggest guys, the burliest guys, is, uh, his Twitter handle had 666 in it, if you want to uh, get an understanding of the kind of guy he was, came up to me and gave me a hug and said, that was amazing. And from there, I got a chance to speak into him because maybe he was one of these guys who would have been open to that kind of approach. But this is what it means to be a presence carrier to be different. You don't, it doesn't always have to be. I didn't go there with a thing to preach that night. What I went there is to say, God, use me. Give me an opportunity. And that opportunity seemed like a crazy one, but God used it so that over the years, I was able to pray with this guy, that over the years, I could talk to this guy over the years, that he would know that I was different. The presence of God was what marked me. I want you to know that wherever you go, you have the opportunity to influence you have the opportunity to influence. I don't think you have influence wherever you go. Because if you go and try and be the same as everybody else, you can't have influence. It's impossible. You can't change if you're the same. But you have the opportunity to be an influence. You have the opportunity to carry God's presence. You have the opportunity to go into that workplace and say no to gossip. You have the opportunity to go in that, that workplace and, and speak a different language. You have the opportunity to go in that workplace and live with a different spirit, work with a different agenda because you're not directed by what people say. You're directed and you are working for the audience of one and his name is Jesus. We are called to take the presence of God, thanks Amelia, into all the world. This is what Jesus did. See, presence carriers, they replicate themselves. And Jesus then, he worked with a group of young guys, teenagers really, when, when he first worked with them, who then went to turn the world upside down. In Acts 4.13, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, two of these young guys, and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. Listen to this. And they took note that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. What are people taking note of when they see you? What are people taking note of when they come across you? Are they taking note of, oh, oh, oh he's been around that person or that person? Or are they taking note saying that they have been with Jesus? Are they taking notes saying, wow, that person is different? Are they taking notes saying, wow, they're so encouraging? Wow, they're so, uh, they're, they're so hopeful? Wow, they're so, uh, you know, they're there to bring down gossip. This is who we are called to be. These young guys, they stood out in wisdom and in works and in their ways. They were different and because they were different, they brought change. 
as believers, it's time for us to stop trying to fit in. We were never meant to fit in. What did Jesus say on, um, in Matthew 6, 7? I don't, don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl. We light a lamp and we put it on a hill to shine. You were called to make a difference wherever you go. This is what it is to be a presence carrier. I find it amazing, inspiring and humbling that God ordained it this way. You know, it'd be easy to say, God, why, Jesus, why don't you just come and you come and preach this morning, you'll do a better job than me. Jesus, you know, why don't you <clears throat> send angelic visitations? It'd be so much easier. But God never wanted to work that way. He chooses to work through you and me. He chooses to send you into that workplace. You were called for such a time as this. Come on, the world needs the presence of God. The world's never needed it more than today. They need you in that place, being the presence carrier that you were called to be. It's time to throw off those things that hinder us and step in to all that He has got for us. God is looking for available men and women who will seek Him, who will linger in his presence. And as we linger in his presence, his presence lingers in us. I want to tell you just a story that I read. It says this, in 2001, Alexandra was feeling suicidal after a marriage broke down. After two years of separation, the divorce papers were being drawn up. I asked my mother to watch my child so I could be alone. She sensed I was in a dangerous place and suggested we go shopping instead. I had no energy to shop, so I stayed outside on a bench and contemplated the different ways I could end my life and stop the heartache I was feeling. Then a woman came and sat down next to me. Are you a Christian, she asked. I said I was. Then she said, I just want to tell you that if you are a follower of Jesus, you are more than a conqueror in him. Bam. Those words breathe life into me. All thoughts of suicide left me and God's unexplainable peace rushed in. My husband and I will celebrate 26 years of marriage together. I love what Mark Batterson says. He says, sometimes God shows up and then sometimes he shows off, but it's always to show his love to people Come on, where are those people who are going to go and sit on that park bench? Who are going to reach out to that friend at work? Who are going to send that, that, that money to that person who's struggling or that encouragement to that person who's hurting? Where are those people that are thinking more about others than they think about themselves, that are concerned more with God's plan for their life than they are with their own uh, you know, audacious things they want to think? Have we got any presence carriers here at Arena Mansfield this morning? We are the voice to this town. We are the voice to the schools. We are the voice to the workplace. And if they don't hear it through us, then who will they hear it from? This year, our desire is to create hunger for presence over performance, intimacy over industry, and encounter over entertainment. If you just do me a favour and close your eyes and bow your head, I'm finished. I just want to pray this morning. <coughs> I don't know everybody here today, but first and foremost, I want to give you 
an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, maybe to return to Jesus, maybe to come back to Jesus. His presence is here this morning. And if that's you today, you say, I want to know this Jesus, Josh. I want to know who he is. I want to walk in his presence. If you want to say that for the first time or make a recommitment today, I just ask you to lift your hand now, if that's you. Say, I want to walk with Jesus. Thank you. So God, today for this person who's lifted their hand, I pray your presence would completely and forever be with him, God. That he would walk in your presence. He would come to you, walk with you, work with you and watch how you do it in your mighty name. And God, for the rest of us today, I pray that we will be presence carriers. Come on, if that's you today, you say, Josh, I want to be a presence carrier. Just, just open your hands. I'm going to pray. My hands are open this morning. You say, I want to be a presence carrier. If that's you today, God, for, for every heart that's open, every hand that's raised, God, we say that we are available. We use those words uttered in the Bible. Here I am, send me. God, we pray that you would use us. God, we pray that we would be more minded on the things of you than the things of this world. God, and I pray that you would send us into our workplaces, into our families, into our homes, God, that we would be conduits for your presence. Father, where people have been restless and hurting and struggling, I pray, God, that in your presence, you would bring your peace. In your mighty name. Oh man.